the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get on the bus, Gus. Or in this case, it might be Gustavo. The first busload of immigrants, uh, pretty sure they are illegal, uh, was dropped off in Washington today. They were delivered there by the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Uh, They were captured in Texas, and the people down there are getting a little tired, at least some people, maybe most people, getting a little tired of illegal immigrants coming across their border. And as you probably know, Joe Biden has been doing a really good job of flying these illegal aliens all over the country and then leaving them uh, uh, who, leaving them with people who live nowhere near the border and have them deal with them. Uh, Greg Abbott's doing a lot of things on his own because he can't get any help from the big guy. So at 8 this morning, the first bus arrived a few blocks away from the Capitol building in D.C., and the word is that they came from uh, Colombia, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. And when the bus got there, they disembarked one by one, except for family units. They got off the bus together as a unit. Then they checked in with the officials there. They were wearing wristbands that, the, uh, that they had been given, and those wristbands were cut off, and then they were told where they should go. I don't know where they went. I don't know if anybody does or if anybody's reporting it. But that's only one bus full of illegal immigrants, and thousands of them are crossing every day. When we come back, we'll talk to a guy. And, and my question is, if you're going to send buses, by the way, why not send them instead of the Washington? If you know they came from Colombia, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, how about sending them back there? Just a question. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy in Texas who knows Texas politics well. Find out how this is playing down there. And in our second half hour, we're going to talk to our media expert, Jeff McCall, about what a complete, total disaster CNN's new streaming service has been and how they could be dumb enough not to have expected it. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. President Trump endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz for Senate. Why? Because President Trump knows who the real conservative is who's going to shake up Washington. It's not David McCormick, the liberal pro-Biden, pro-China Wall Street insider. David McCormick praised Biden, is funded by Democrats, and admits he was never a Trump supporter, all while telling his friends back on Wall Street that his so-called conservative principles are just an act. President Trump knows the real conservative is Dr. Oz. Trump calls Dr. Mehmet Oz smart, tough, and someone who will never let us down. I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Endorsed by Trump, the conservative fighter Pennsylvania needs Dr. Oz for U.S. Senate. I'm Dr. Mehmet Oz, a candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. 
We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love, but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm a physician, and I still see patients every day. And, you know, so I tell my patients about this. And they ask me, what are you taking? And so I tell them taking balance of nature and they go oh yeah i've heard about that you know so i tell them how to get it i give them your telephone number two four six eight seven five one and i tell them call this number and i said they'll they'll take care of you after that so you know i mean i i'm primary care you know i really think that it works well for for people to have fruits vegetables Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. Well, living up here in Pennsylvania, it's hard to imagine what it's like for people living in Texas, especially on the Mexican border. The latest news is that their governor, Greg Abbott, sent a busload of illegal immigrants to Washington, and they were dropped off a few blocks from the Capitol building today. Matt Makoviak uh, doesn't live on the border down there, but he is down in Texas. He knows Texas politics. He's a blogger, a pundit, a columnist, and the chairman of the Travis County Republican Party in Texas. And he joins us now. Matt, haven't had you on for a while. Good to hear you. Hear from you. Hey, John. How you doing? It's good to be back with you. Good. So, uh... Yeah, so how has the news of this bus uh, load of people being dropped in Washington been received in Texas? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is, you know, there was some criticism that the governor was taking that this was maybe not a serious step. You know, the some of the sort of former Trump aides were uh, requesting that he declare this to be an invasion, which apparently is, is at least to some extent listed in the Constitution that this is in some way of kind of a fake step, a phony step. I think the governor surprised a lot of people by announcing this is already happening because there was 
some suggestion that this was going to be voluntary and therefore probably not widely uh, taken advantage of. Uh, the governor said this morning around 11 a.m. that not only had the first bus arrived, but the second bus was on its way. And, of course, today he had a press conference with the governor of Nuevo Leon, which is the Mexican state on the other side of Laredo, announcing that, yes, he would be easing uh, some some regulations uh, that were put in place to have every truck uh, inspected that crossed the border. It's now not going to be every truck in that at that border crossing, but the other eight border crossings in Texas are still going to be inspected. So, so John, point is there are two issues here, right? One is the busing, and that comes from obviously the border being you know just totally overrun because Title Forty Two has now have been has now been uh, interrupted, which was a, a COVID era. Uh, uh, provision that the Trump administration used to basically limit uh, cross-border migration uh, out of a public health concern. So you have that issue. Title IV, Biden administration has taken that back. Uh, but in the meantime, the governor has announced that we are going to start inspecting large trucks coming across the border. Now, that did cause significant delays over the last couple of days in Laredo, which is the, high, the highest traffic border crossing uh, but you have eight others, you know, anywhere from Brownsville uh, in the sort of south or southeast of Austin, uh, of Texas, down all the way to El Paso in the southwest corner. So, you know, the point is, I think the governor is doing everything he thinks he can do from a legal standpoint to fight this. Obviously, immigration is a federal issue. Borders are federal territory. But the consequences of not taking immigration seriously affect states and affect cities and affect counties and affect families and small businesses and ranch owners and from his standpoint he feels like he has to represent the interests of texans even if this is a federal issue yeah so uh, title 42 um the, he, biden is going to go through with um uh, ending that right yeah that's already now happened as i understand it, although maybe it's not fully fully been removed maybe he just uh, signaled that he will be and of course that creates uh significant you know uh, 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 kind of consequences in the sense you're starting to see caravans develop. Those take days or weeks as they, you know, build over time and begin to make their migration from the southern border of Mexico between Mexico and Central America all the way up to the northern border of Mexico between Mexico and Texas. And so, so yeah, you know, for whatever reason, uh, the, the Biden administration, I guess, out of compassion towards refugees and those seeking asylum feel like now Title 42 is no longer appropriate. The problem is even if you accept the Biden administration's uh, justification for that, they really have no plan uh, for what to do with the absolute incredible increase in unlawful migrants that will be crossing the border. We simply, in, in Texas, do not have the facilities to hold these individuals, uh, uh, to process them. Uh, we don't have the law enforcement personnel. We're having our, our National Guard have been, our State Guard have been significantly taxed. Uh, by Operation Lone Star, which has been in place now for, I don't even remember how long, several years. But the state is funding, really, it's literally its own enforcement, uh, immigration enforcement action uh, as a way to protect Texans from uh, this issue. See, so explain to me, and I think for a lot of people, you're familiar with Western PA, so you're a kind of a you're, not a, you're not a native, but you, you're pretty close to being one, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so... So you know what it's like to be here and the difference between being in Pittsburgh and being anywhere in yeah. Texas, but especially along the border. Uh, yeah. When, when you say that, that, um, that this Title 42 now says that they can't prevent illegals from coming across the border, I, what I don't get is there, it's either legal or it's illegal. And why isn't it yeah. just as simple as, look, here's the places where you're allowed to come into the country illegally. And here's what you have to do to get in legally, and that's it. There's no. That, why is that so difficult? Yeah, it's a great question, John. And, and oftentimes the best questions are simple ones. Um, here's the issue: it's one thing to just cross the border illegally and try to sneak your way in the United States. That is that is fundamentally illegal immigration. And if you are, uh, if, if if someone you know, the law enforcement official uh, finds you to be here illegally, they can begin that process. What is different is if someone is claiming asylum, and there are very specific categories for asylum claims. Uh, and so the right way, in fact, the only lawful way to claim asylum in the United States is to show up at a port of entry, any port of entry on the northern border or the southern border, and to claim asylum. And to do so based on the law. Generally, it's a fear of your life. 
uh, it's it's uh, religious persecution. Uh, I forget what the other couple, you know, very narrow uh, explanations are, but but generally it's those two things, and you have to be able to prove it. It's not just you could say; you have to be able to prove it. Yeah. And so the challenge is is that over the last several years, uh, you've had people seeking asylum, but they've been entering illegally and then claiming asylum, crossing the border illegally on the Rio Grande River, showing up uh, inside Texas, maybe you know, a few miles, maybe dozens of miles, maybe hundreds of miles anywhere in Texas or anywhere in the United States, and then claiming asylum. The problem with that is that you cannot create lawful immigration after entering illegally, right? That is the fundamental issue. If you enter illegally and then you make a lawful asylum claim, you still begin your lawful asylum claim with an illegal entry. And the illegal entry has to be dealt with first. And so the question becomes, is the Biden administration, do they have the willpower and are they politically willing uh, to, to punish someone based, based on what we've seen, based on Biden, uh, you know, basically uh, throwing out immigration laws or, or certainly immigration enforcement for 100 days when he took office, based on the fact that he's undone a number of Trump actions, including the Remain in Mexico policy, which ultimately got upheld by the courts. Uh, he's just simply not serious about immigration enforcement. And you can guess why that might be. Could be could be compassion. Could be uh, more likely a desire to bring Democratic vote, likely Democratic voters into the country for the future. Whatever the explanation is, uh, it is it is acting as a magnet uh, for for illegal immigrants and lawful uh, migrants across uh, you know Central and South America who are coming, uh, not just from Central and South America, but also from other countries through Central and South America, and that does present a national security and terrorism risk to the United States that is actually pretty significant. So the the uh, the bus, according to the report I saw, the bus that dropped the, uh, the people off at the Capitol that came from Texas had people from Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, and I think it was Guatemala. Uh, and is there a lot Columbia, of yeah. is, uh, Columbia? Yeah. That's right. Is there a lot of um, religious persecution going on in Nicaragua these days? <laughs> well, let's not make light of it. Okay, in, in, in this sense, John, um, it is entirely possible given given the gang situation that you have in some of those Central American countries, that you could perhaps be on the wrong side of, of one of those battles. That said, what is almost surely the explanation uh, is that you have people who are seeking a better life, right? Which, which John, I think we can be sympathetic can't towards their that. motivation. No, no. Correct. Correct. But, but look, your longevity in the United States is, is going to be much better if you do the work required to enter legally and, and it ultimately, look, I think we can all agree on all sides of the aisle from far left to far right that our legal immigration system is totally broken. Um, but that is, a, that is an issue that is in the domain of Congress and, and the administration. If they want to reform legal immigration, they should do that seriously, thoughtfully through the committee process in a way that, that is good for our country, uh, you know, that does what we need and, and that, also, that vets you know, the people who are coming here. And so, so, again, it's a question of whether you believe Illegal immigration is good or bad for the country. And, John, I imagine in Western PA, you know, let's call it 70 percent, maybe 80 percent of people have an obvious answer to that. No, illegal immigration is bad for the country. The problem is Western PA is not representative of the entirety of America. I wish it were. America would be a much better country. But it's not. (laughs) It's not. Right. And so Mm -hmm. fundamentally, the Democratic Party is at a point now where they are so fully committed to an open borders approach that they do not take enforcing existing immigration law seriously. And that has significant consequences for the country. But if you think about it, if you are living along the border in Laredo or in McAllen or in Brownsville or in El Paso or in Del Rio, think about the consequences that has for your schools, for your hospitals, right, for your, for your, for your, uh, your welfare state. It's, 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 it's really significant, and, and it makes you wonder why the administration refuses to go down into those communities to talk to the people that live in those areas and to learn from what is actually happening on the ground. So they, the, the Democrats, seem to be focusing on, um, as again, as you said, is it compassion? Is it because they're looking at them as future Democratic voters? Whatever it is, they look at them, but they don't pay any attention to the effects that those people have as a result of their compassion. If we if we grant them that it is compassion. They still don't look, they don't have any compassion for the people who are suffering because of their compassion for the people who are coming here illegally. That's a great point, John. And one of the things I often say is every, every crime committed by an illegal immigrant or an unlawful migrant, whatever phrase you want to use, is a preventable crime. 
right? Yeah. Just think about that for a second. Every right. single one, whether it's shoplifting or whether it's homicide, right? It's a preventable crime. And it's a question of whether the federal government has the seriousness and the willpower to ensure that illegal immigration, you know, one of the questions I always, I always want to ask elected officials who want to enter federal office in either, in either party is, do you believe zero illegal immigration is our goal? Is that our goal? Would that be a positive thing if the United States had zero illegal immigration in a year, in a given year? I realize that's a very, yeah. you know, difficult goal to, to reach. Right. But should that be the goal? I mean, we have to begin by, by, by agreeing on what the goals are. And if you want to truly want to reduce illegal, illegal immigration, you have to have a thoughtful approach. Now, look, do we need a 20-foot wall across the entire southern border? Uh, I, I understand why some people might think the answer to that is yes. If you've ever traveled through the Davis Mountains, which are 4,000 feet in western, uh, southwestern Texas, a wall would do no good, right? I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to climb a 4,000 you know, foot wall to, to cross the border. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. So you can have a mix of a wall in the urban areas and a technology uh, and sort of a soft border, uh, sort of soft uh, approach. And I don't mean soft in terms of not taking it seriously, but I mean in terms of technology, uh, drones, uh, UAVs, um, you know, you know, those kinds of tools, that, those can be very effective. And so the question that ultimately comes down to, are you serious about securing our border or not? I know that sounds very simple, overly simplistic, but that is literally what it is about. And with very, very, very few exceptions, there are very few Democrats at the federal level who have ever shown, demonstrated any commitment to ensuring the border remains secure. And that, that has gotten worse over time. Democrats have become more and more and more open and willing to support an open borders policy, and that's have obviously dramatic and drastic consequences for the families along the border and for Americans across the country. Uh, I know this is an oversimplification, but for me, way up here in Pennsylvania, uh, we don't deal with immigration issues much at all. Um, I look at this, and you just said it a few minutes ago, that the immigration system is totally broken. I look at this as another example of the total ineptitude of our federal government when it comes to just about anything that uh, they try to do there in Washington that they're really, yeah. they were really never intended to do. You know, the, the, protecting the border is one of the few things that the federal government was intended to do by, uh, on, in the Constitution. And, yeah. and they, they, if they can't do that, what are we trusting them with anything else for? Health care, anything else they want to bring up. They can't, they can't do the most basic thing they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's a great point. If you look at the Constitution, right, uh, the unenumerated powers were left to the states. And that's really one of the most brilliant aspects of the Constitution, right, is that it leaves those yeah. powers not dedicated to the federal government to the states. And that's why we have a federal system. Uh, and that's, that's been tremendous. You know, as Brandeis said, it, was, it, it created laboratories of democracy. It created mm -hmm. different models. You know, if you like Texas and Florida, you can go to those states if you want, if you're able to. If you like California and Washington State and Massachusetts and Connecticut, in Illinois, you can do that, depending on what it is, you, however, however it is you want to live your life and, yeah. and how you, if you want to pay high taxes but have large, you know, big government. And so you, you raise a great point. I mean, the Constitution basically says, you know, provide for the common defense, right? So c carry the meal, provide, provide a, a national defense system to the Pentagon, and, and secure the border because the borders are federal. The and borders are not Texas. Texas doesn't have a border with Mexico. But the United States has a, has a border with Mexico in a sense, right? right. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, but uh, and leave me alone. You know, fix the borders, yep. uh, get a strong military, stay out of the education business. Uh, I could go on. You know, you and I have sure agree with most of the things that we yep. see the federal government doing that they shouldn't do. So I only have about a minute left. Where's this going to end up, Matt? What's going to happen here? Yeah, it's a good question. We don't really know kind of it's headed from here. To be honest, John. Um, because honestly, Texas has been spending so much money to provide uh, additional, you know, border enforcement. Uh, I forget what the number is. It's something like it's in the it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars on an annual basis. Um, and and now, of course, you know, we're paying to bus people. We're paying, you know, our economy is paying for these delays in trucking coming across the border. I think I think the governor wanted to show he's not going to sit back and take it while Title Forty Two is pulled back and while our communities are are, are facing a crisis. I, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think the short answer, the best answer I have for you, John, is is that the overwhelmingly likely scenario is that Republicans are going to take the House back uh, in November, and it probably what will be something close to a wave election where thirty or forty or fifty seats switch parties. And the net effect of that is, as long as House Republicans fight and truly fight, almost in a Trump style way, mm -hmm. uh, 
there's an opportunity there to ensure that, that, that things change and that things improve for the future. We cannot let Biden and Pelosi continue to leave our border open uh, with no check. And that's what that's what taking Congress over is going to be about. It's going to be about that and, and a number of other important things. Well, I'm out of time, but I didn't get to Beto O'Rourke. We'll get we'll get to him next time. He's he's still we'll have time, John. <laughs> we'll have time. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Take care, buddy. That's Matt McCoviak. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Stocks rose in afternoon trading on Wall Street today as investors reviewed the latest round of corporate earnings and an upbeat report from Delta Airlines bodes well for the airline industry as well. And big news in New York today also. The man wanted in the shooting of 10 people on a subway in Brooklyn was arrested this afternoon, one day after the attack on the crowded rush hour train. Western weapons still streaming into Ukraine. Meanwhile, one Republican congressman says it's too little too late. No, obviously we've been behind the curve since the start of this. Uh, it is much more difficult to get weapons into a country to a partner on the ground when you're in the midst of a conflict than it would have been to do it on the front end. That's Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher. He was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. And this is SRN News. Moose is the German Shepherd, now 11, and he's been an amazing dog. Moose is so active and so alert and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Now, Moose, at age 10, had a litter of 10 puppies with a friend's dog. We kept Lupo, his son, and the other puppies were given to friends. But one of the requirements was they must start those puppies on Dynavite. And someday, if Lupo has puppies, they'll be on Dynavite as well. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do, right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills. Why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. All right, Hugh Hewitt, we are in the rundown to so many Senate races. The GOP primaries in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia are upon us, and I'm spending a lot of time talking to the candidates in those races tomorrow. Georgia's on my mind, but I'm covering them all, and you will not miss a thing about any of these elections if you tune in every single day to the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. President Trump endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz for Senate. Why? Because President Trump knows who the real conservative is who's going to shake up Washington. It's not David McCormick, the liberal pro-Biden, pro-China Wall Street insider. David McCormick praised Biden, is funded by Democrats, and admits he was never a Trump supporter. All while telling his friends back on Wall Street that his so-called conservative principles are just an act. President Trump knows the real conservative is Dr. Oz. Trump calls Dr. Mehmet Oz smart, tough, and someone who will never let us down. I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Endorsed by Trump, the conservative fighter Pennsylvania needs, Dr. Oz for U.S. Senate. I'm Dr. Mehmet Oz. I candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Jam up on outbound 28 from Parkway North to approaching Butler Street. That's an accident causing the delay. About a 15-minute jam up there on the Parkway East, stacking up outbound between Forbes Avenue and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Your delay getting close to about an extra 15. Inbound looking busy into the tunnel on 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, the typical delays around Green Tree. Accident Braddock Avenue at Tuscarora Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see considerable clouds for tonight. It'll be mild with a shower in the area, mainly early, the low 60. Couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise breezy and cooler, with clouds giving way to some sunshine. The high 63, temperatures falling, though, to the upper 50s. Partly cloudy and cooler tomorrow night, low 41. Sunshine and patchy clouds Friday, the high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So, have you signed up for CNN Plus yet? Uh, don't feel bad if you haven't. Nobody else has. Um, would you sign up for the streaming if CNN paid you? Probably not. Well, Jeffrey McCall is professor of communications at DePaul University. He's a media critic for The Hill and FoxNews.com, and he's become pretty much our media critic around here. He joins us now. Jeff, thanks for being here again. You're welcome. Great to chat with you. So um, CNN's attempt at streaming um, has been a spectacular failure. Uh, They've been having trouble getting 10,000 viewers to this thing. Why would anybody be surprised at that, do you think? Well, you know... CNN has invested a ton of resources and a couple of years in launching this thing. And so the fact that it has not gotten off the ground uh, has got to be terribly disappointing to those folks. Uh, And in fact, so disappointing that there are already rumors out there that they're thinking about pulling back some of their resources and disinvesting in some of the uh, uh, staff and the people that they've got working in there. Uh, But I must say, CNN brand uh, has diminished so much over the years that I, I must say I think it was too big of a risk for CNN to try to create a streaming service when their normal cable channel is doing so poorly. Because this is one of those things kind of like, if, if you're not doing well, why are you trying to bring on additional responsibilities or expand your brand that is not very well respected in the first place? And so the numbers that are leaking out, and again, these are leaked numbers because they're very quiet about what the real traffic is, but the numbers leaking out that they're getting less than 10,000 people to check in there per day uh, really puts it kind of at the in the pits. I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost unbelievable that it's that low because you'd think there are that many people who would stumble in there just by accident. Uh, but of course, you have to pay a subscription fee, uh, and I think most people just don't necessarily like CNN. I mean, CNN's normal cable channel uh, doesn't get very many viewers either. And to think that you'd have to draw from those people uh, to make your CNN Plus go uh, is just too much of a reach. And the other thing I think they miscalculated, I think they miscalculated that a couple of the high-profile people that they were going to bring into CNN Plus would generate an audience. And one of those was Chris Wallace, uh, who they brought over from Fox News Channel. Uh, and here's the problem with Chris Wallace. I mean, I know he's a veteran journalist, so I don't, make this, don't, don't want to make this sound like a cheap shot, but Chris Wallace wasn't necessarily all that appreciated by Fox News viewers because he was viewed as not like a typical Fox correspondent or Fox anchor because he was leaning left and his moderation of the campaign debates was really kind of... Uh, uh, very poor, let me just say that. And so anyway, he's not going to bring any audience with him. Chris Wallace is not going to bring Fox News viewers with him to CNN+. Plus. But the fact that he worked for Fox News for so long is going to mean that he has no credibility in the eyes of CNN-type viewers, normal CNN-type viewers, so they're not necessarily going to go to CNN+, Plus to see what Chris Wallace has to say either. So he's not the kind of guy that you're going to be able to build a franchise around. And CNN Plus also brought Cassie Hunt over from NBC. Well, NBC has their own media credibility problems. And just because she left NBC to go to CNN Plus, I mean, she's not a high enough profile person that you're going to say, hey, I've got to be sure to get CNN Plus to watch that. They don't have the kind of star power that, like, Tucker Carlson might have 
uh, for Fox Nation streaming because he's got enough star power where he can bring some people with him to Fox Nation. And I don't know that CNN has any talent in its stable that can bring people into the CNN Plus stable. Everything you said makes perfect sense, okay? And so, uh, and you know that, and you're out there at DePaul University teaching classes. You're not a you're not a network executive, but they do audience research, don't they? What would make them believe, based on everything that you just said? There is you don't have to be uh, somebody who's a, um, a professional uh, audience researcher to know that their ratings stink. What would make them believe that people who aren't watching for free would want to pay to see Don Lemon? You know, I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, as we've talked about before, in these big corporate media towers, I think there's kind of a detachment from reality, both in terms of, like, news content, but also in terms of what their audience is like out there. Uh, and so, I mean, they're, they're not very close to the ground, for one thing. So I get the feeling that, the, that there was a group thinks in some corporate tower at Time Warner, which is the parent company of CNN, two or three years ago when they first decided, hey, this would be a great idea, that maybe they thought, oh, by the time we get to the point of launching this, we'll have rebuilt our brand or uh, we'll have uh, boosted our ratings on CNN cable, uh, and then we can get some traction that way. Um, but th- their audience research let them down because presumably market research, you know, six, eight, ten months ago, should have been able to tell them, your brand is suffering. What makes you think you're going to get people to pay money to watch, as you say, Don Lemon uh, on a streaming service. Uh, because if anything, um, I, I, by the way, I'm, most cable companies figure at some point they've got to get a streaming service in there. And I mean, that, that's true for the major networks now. It's true for Fox News Channel. Everybody wants to have a streaming division. But you can't add to a brand that's already suffering without expecting greater suffering. And I mean, this is like CNN, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, a couple people in a struggling marriage. You know, if your marriage is on the rocks and the couple gets together and says, you know, hey, our marriage is on the rocks, uh, everything would be fine if we just had another kid. And that's kind of what CNN did. Yeah. You know, they had their yeah. brand that was struggling, and their answer was, let's have another kid. It's kind of like, wait a second, if you can't manage your family as it is or if you already have struggles, bringing another entity into the process only complicates things. And that's what they've done. Again, that's so well put. But again, it's just, would they, do they need to have you in their me- next meeting to, to, to explain to them how television works? <laughs> <laughs> I think you could take my place in that meeting. Yeah. But, uh, but again, I think it's just one of those things. They're detached and, you know, ideas get rolling. And by the way, you know, they, they've got tons of resources. CNN makes a ton of money. I mean, even though their ratings have been very bad, CNN still generates almost a billion dollars in profit every year for Warner Communications. And that's just one part of a bigger, um, you know, corporate structure that includes AT&T in these days. So they've got tons of resources, and they're probably figuring what are ways we can invest these resources and, you know, kind of get a hedge on the future. But I think you've got to straighten out your, your limited house first before you try to expand and I, I just doubt that there's anybody in that hierarchy who's willing to sit down and just say, wait a second, you guys, what are we doing here? And we know that Jeff Zucker, as the president of CNN for the last several years, uh, was pretty authoritarian in his view of things, that basically what he said happened, and my guess is most people would not have gone to those corporate meetings and said, well, Jeff Zucker, maybe this is a harebrained idea, maybe we should back off and think about this for a while because they would have probably been shunned or shown the gate. So there's always a danger in any corporate structure when you don't have anybody in there who's willing to challenge the assumptions. Yeah, and um, it, it, could it be that, you know, CNN, people forget what that stands for. It's a cable news network. It's cable. It's cable TV. That's, what, again, why you said that they got to understand that the people are, are pulling the cord, so they're going to start going to streaming, so they got to go that way. But... Does It must be, at least you tell me if I'm wrong here, stations, networks that are, uh, are cable outlets that can rely on the cable companies paying them for every subscription, um, they don't have the same pressure on them to deliver 
that the old-time local stations and, and, and the networks have because advertisers, they, they depend solely on advertisers, and advertisers want to know what your ratings are. And if your ratings stink, your advertising goes away. But if your ratings stink and, and you're a cable news network, uh, your rate, you still get the same uh, subscriptions for a long time. There's no cable companies dropping CNN. No, the cable companies are going to keep CNN, and, uh, you know, your your listeners probably already know this, but, you know, when you're a cable subscriber, you're paying a fee for every channel that gets delivered to you, and that's from ESPN, which are the really expensive ones, you know, down to the Home and Garden Network and those other kinds of things, with or less. But CNN still collects a lot of money, uh, whether people watch them or not. And, and just for example, uh, even on the cable you know, company that serves my area of Indiana. CNN is on there. I've got neighbors who would never watch CNN on a bet, but they're still paying, and CNN's getting money from those people regardless. But where all these cable companies need to be really moving fast, and that's why we see these streaming services like Fox Nation, is that cord cutting continues to happen. And down the road, there are going to be fewer and fewer people getting their TV through a cable or through a cord. And as those people cut and they go to various streaming services, some of which may not necessarily have all these channels, the formula, the financial formulas are going to change. And so it's, you, you've got these cable companies have to now be making plans for the future because, you know, 10 years from now, they're not, there might not be any cable television or, or, or programming delivered by a cable. It will be all streaming. Uh, and it may even be before 10 years. And so CNN can't run the risk that in a few years, nobody's going to be subscribing and you won't have Comcast Cable or Metronet or any of those kinds of companies carrying their channels. They'll have to have viewers some, through some other fashion. And the bottom could well drop out of some of those those uh, cable companies. Talking to Jeff McCauley, he's professor of communications at DePaul University. He's also a media critic for The Hill and at foxnews.com. So on to another subject. I'm wondering, uh, Jeff, if you saw the exchange between the college freshman and Ann Applebaum of the Atlantic over the weekend. Did you see that? I did see that. It's amazing. And, and so she's questioned by a, a pretty short – I'm sure as a, as a professor, you probably liked what you saw from that kid. Uh, it was a very good question, very well put, uh, and very confidently asked – and he wanted to. He he's, he was trashing the most of the media for ignoring the uh, Hunter lap uh, Hunter uh, Biden laptop, and she said, "Bad, eh, I, I just don't find that all that interesting." What, what do you take? <laughs> what do you make from make of that? Well, uh, I must say, my hats off to that student because that was a gutsy student to stand up there. And uh, I, I'm around a lot of good students myself here at my university, uh, so. I want to encourage all your listeners, not all college students are out there just going through the motions. There are a lot of really bright ones trying to work at it. Uh, but that student was gutsy, and he basically pointed out that the traditional or establishment media, as we like to refer to them, uh, have gotten so much into groupthink that they are not interested in what are real stories and that, you know, here's a college student who can, can stand up and say, hey, this is a real story. Why didn't you think so? And to not get a serious response. I mean, that's the thing, is uh, the response was kind of uh, vacuous. There wasn't really an answer. They couldn't, they, couldn't ex- they couldn't defend the undefensible, and so they didn't even really try. And Brian Stelter was there. He's the CNN's media guy, and he dismissed the kids' criticisms of CNN. He ran down the checklist of Russian collusion and all the stuff that they jumped on, including the, um, the, Biden lap- the Hunter Biden laptop, and he just completely dismissed it. It said, "Well, it's just the, it's, uh, it sounds like a, what the Fox views, Fox News viewer would say." <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing that made me laugh about Stelter is he gave a very half-hearted answer and then said something about it's time for lunch. So it was yeah. clear he was looking for the exit ramp there. Uh, but I don't think true. he misses a lot of lunches. But that's just that's another <laughs> subject. But it is true uh, that the media organizations we have now. Uh, are not looking at a news agenda from the standpoint of what is legitimate news uh, and how to set an agenda that is balanced and fair and deals with news of substance. They are setting agendas based on their own little uh, pet priorities or their own little ideological lenses. And, you know, for people who want to promote solid journalism, uh, it's really discouraging because, 
there is a role for solid journalism. We need solid journalism, and we need journalists who can look at news stories and follow where the facts go. And, you know, the Hunter Biden thing has been out now since before the 2020 election. A year and a half, yeah. And just now we have some news organizations who are, like, putting their toe in that stream a little bit. But I dare say, I, you know, if, if, if the Washington Post or New York Times or CNN, if they have investigative units working hard to get more on the Hunter Biden story, it's not apparent at this time. Uh, and I, I think... I think that's the the failing here, and this is why news credibility has cratered in recent years, is your news consumers, including that student at the University of Chicago, they know that the news organizations are not trying to cover the news in a broad sense and follow where the facts lead. They know that these news organizations are trying to work their audiences and manipulate them for whatever their selfish purposes are, and in the long run, that is a loser for any democratic society. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm out of time, Jeff. I was going to ask you about uh, Disney doubling down on pushing gay and transgender themes in their movies and ABC and blah, 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 but I'm out of time. We'll save that for the next time. I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Okay, that's Jeff McCall, and we will be right back. another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. President Trump endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz for Senate. Why? Because President Trump knows who the real conservative is who's going to shake up Washington. It's not David McCormick, the liberal pro-Biden, pro-China Wall Street insider. David McCormick praised Biden, is funded by Democrats, and admits he was never a Trump supporter, all while telling his friends back on Wall Street that his so-called conservative principles are just an act. President Trump knows the real conservative is Dr. Oz. Trump calls Dr. Mehmet Oz smart, tough, and someone who will never let us down. I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Endorsed by Trump, the conservative fighter Pennsylvania needs, Dr. Oz for U.S. Senate. I'm Dr. Mehmet Oz, a candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. United We Pledge has partnered with Balance of Nature to help ensure traditional American freedoms exist for us and for future generations. United We Pledge is raising money for a second American village that will house replicas of key historic buildings and realistic portrayals of the men and women who helped shape this nation. This village will provide educational experiences for youth and families. To raise funds and bring awareness to this project, world record-holding endurance athlete Tom Jones is running 76 consecutive marathons from the original American Village in Alabama to the future home of the American Village West in Washington County, Utah. He will be powered by Bounce of Nature Fruits and Veggies. Bounce of Nature is proud to provide fruits and veggies in a Patriot Pack for a limited time to support this effort. A portion of the proceeds from each Patriot Pack will go directly to United We Pledge to help build this project. Use promo code VILLAGE to receive 35% off your first preferred order. Go to buypatriotpack.com to start your pledge to help preserve the freedoms we value. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. 
and I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting, loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. If you were listening in our first segment, you hear me talk, heard me talk about the ineptitude of the federal government when it tries to do things that it has no business doing. Well, one of the things it has business doing is national defense. And if it screws that up and also protecting the border, which it's screwing up now, uh, why, would you, why would you want them to be in charge of your health care, any of these other things that Democrats keep pushing? I want to get through this quickly. This is uh, what we left in Taliban, or left in Afghanistan for the Taliban. 208 planes and helicopters. That's 110 helicopters, 60 transport uh, or cargo planes, 20 light attack planes, 18 intelligence surveillance planes. Vehicles, okay? Now, this is, this is the, where we were for 20 years to defeat the Taliban, and we left, and this is what we left them to have for themselves after we were gone. A total of 75,898 vehicles, that's 42,604 tactical vehicles, 22,174 Humvees, 8,998 medium tactical vehicles, 1,005 recovery vehicles, 928 mine resistance vehicles, 189 armored tanks. And then this, weapons. Are you ready for this? 599,690 weapons left in the hands of the Taliban, 358,000 rifles, 126,000 pistols, 64,000 machine guns, 25,000 grenade launchers, 12,000 shotguns, 10,000 RPGs, 2,606 howitzers. And you know how much that all adds up to? $84 billion. 20 years, and what we got out of it was that, nothing. Not only did we not get anything out of it, we left all that there. And that's the federal government doing something it's supposed to do. Pretty pathetic. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.